so really the question that we're asking you guys today and we're kind of going to be asking ourselves also is, is what are you hungry for? You know, like yeah. that, that's the real question. Am I hungry? What am I hungry for? Am I hungry for God? And, and we're, we're going to kind of, at, like as we're walking through this, we're going to, you know, we're going to really, I, I guess what we want to ask you guys and invite you guys to do is really, as we're going through this, judge yourself. You know, like the Bible says, judge yourself so that you're not judged. You mm-hmm. know, like I think that's something that we need to do more often. A lot of times it's really easy to judge other people, you know, to judge other people's actions. It's a lot easier to listen to messages and um, and say, and kind of think, oh, this would be a great message for this person, you know. But but what I want us to do is I want us to genuinely judge ourselves and ask ourselves, what am I hungry for? Now, yeah. if I were to say, what are you hungry for? We all know the right answer. Right? Jesus! Jesus, God, <laughs> the, the Lord. You know, like we know the, the right Sunday answers, right? Answer. Yeah, the Sunday school <laughs> answer, right? We know the right answer, but, but I want us to genuinely actually take a look over ourselves and look over our lives and ask ourselves, am I? Right. <laughs> you know, like... Like, I, I can know the right answer all the time, you know, but am I, live, am I living that out? You right. Know? Are you hungry for the Lord? That's the question that we're asking. Are you hungry for God? Or are you hungering after satisfying the deeds of the flesh, you know? And, and, you know, like, if I were to ask you, are you hungry? Most of the people watching right now are fasting, you right. know? So the, it's like an easy answer in that aspect of, yes. Yes, I am hungry. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I desire food. I, you know, like, but, but, you know, what? Abby's flesh that saw Serena's French fries in the comments. What right? are you doing, Serena? Actually, Serena and I were, were talking last night. We were driving home from youth, and I was like, suddenly I started craving, like, French fries covered in gravy. Um, there's a Poutine. name for that. Poutine. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. add cheese on I'm top I'm so sorry. <laughs> Marky's in the back going, ah. Is that because you desire it or because that sounds disgusting? It's because it reminds her of home. That's, oh, a, that's a Canadian that's a, main thing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, yeah. She says, yes, poutine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so now Shereen is blaming me for putting that in the comments. <laughs> Recognize this. First off, the title of today's broadcast is Are You Hungry? We're fasting. You're going to get a lot of food illustrations today. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to today's broadcast. It's just inevitable. Um, warning. Just Disclaimer. a nice warning. Yep. So, um, so... But if you'll turn with me to Matthew 5, verse 6, um, like this is like the hunger verse, mm-hmm. right? Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, and it says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now, your, your translation might say filled, you know, and like a lot of times when you, and you shall be, everyone's like filled. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's they basically mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, but it says, when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be satisfied. There's like two other verses that say the exact same thing. Matthew 6, 33. Uh, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Sorry, I read Hannah's comment. Um, Putin is not Russia's president. Hannah. <laughs> that's, that's Putin. Anyway. <laughs> um, the but only thing blessed, that separates yeah. them is an E. That's yeah, all. Yeah, it's, it's a big difference. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Um, Matthew 6, 33. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What does that mean? You'll be satisfied, right? Then you have Psalm, I think it's 37, 4. Um, yeah, Psalm th- I believe it's Psalm 37, 4. I could be absolutely wrong. 
could be 37:14, but that says, uh, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. What is that? Now, a lot of, like I all up until like last week when the Lord kind of kind of hit me with this was I always thought that that verse meant if I make the Lord delighted in me, he'll give me the desires of my heart. But it says, no, delight yourself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Find your delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. All these scriptures are say, basically saying the exact same thing. When I hunger after him first, prim- primarily, I'll be satisfied. All the things that I need will, will come inevitably into yeah. place. You know, when I'm seeking after God first, all that I need will be brought unto me. It is Psalm 37.4. Praise God. I mean, I preached on it last night, so I would hope that I had it. But, um, but, um, but you know, when I seek first his kingdom, all these things will be added unto me. But a lot of times, and this is a majority of, well, this is the world, and it's a majority, honestly, of the church as well, is that, is that we're not seeking him first. We've been seeking our flesh first and hoping that he blesses it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we're, we're going to be a, we're asking the question today, what are you hungry for? Now, we know the right answer, but I want you to, we're going to ask you a couple questions, you know, to kind of help us identify what are we actually hungry for. And uh, did you have anything that you wanted to say before? Okay, so the first question that I wanted to ask you, and I'm asking myself this, you know, we, let's go on this journey together. But the first question I want us to ask ourselves is this. What do I think on? You can put that in the comments. What do I meditate on? What am I thinking about? You know, what do I think about all the time? What am I meditating on? That reveals what I'm hungry for, right? See, like, when I'm, when I'm fasting and I'm driving down the street and all of a sudden I'm thinking about French fries, you know, like... Well, like my body is, cra- my flesh is craving those French fries, right? That like you've probably had some cravings as you've been fasting, right? What what's happening? Your 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 appetite is towards something, and because of that, you think on it, right? Like, and well, I'll get in, into that in a minute, but but the the reality is the thing that I'm hungry for the most, I'm going to be thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I'm hungry for the most, I'll be, that's what I'm going to be thinking about, right? So when, it, when, I, when, when, I, when Serena and I first started talking, what was I thinking about? I was thinking about Serena. Because I was hungry for that relationship. I was hungry to be around her. I was hungry to have conversations with her. I was desiring that relationship. Because, why? Because I was hungry for it. Because, how, how did I know? I was constantly thinking about her, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that shows that I was hungry for her. So, so like, like I would wake up in the morning and I would think about her. Like I would be thinking about her as I'm going to bed. Right? Why? Because I was hungry for that for that relationship. So, so like, think about it this way. What's the first thing that comes into your mind when you wake up in the morning? Is the first thing that comes up comes to you when you wake up in the morning is, let me grab my phone, and let me kind of scroll through and see what all is going on. Or is the first thing that comes to my mind, oh, praise God, like, good morning, Lord, like. I'm entering into a day with you, right? Is that the first thing that comes to my mind? When I'm going to bed at night, am I scrolling through? Or am I thinking about all the things I have to do the next day? Or am I thinking about the Lord, you know? And am I letting myself meditate on that? Because the Bible says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, study this book of instruction. Meditate on it day and night. If I'm hungry for him and if I'm hungry for the word, I should be meditating on this day and night, day yeah. and night, like, as I'm going throughout the day, if I'm hungry for him, I'm going to just be, like, I'm going to be thinking about him, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Like, so this is the question I want you to ask yourself. What are you thinking about? What, what do you think about throughout the day? Are you thinking about, man, I'm really excited to go home and play that new video game, you know? Oh, man, I'm really excited for, for like, like, oh, man, did you, like, you're thinking about the game last night. Man, like, is that what you're meditating on all the yeah. time? Like, right? Like, what are you researching and doing, you know, like, what are you thinking about? Like, that helps you, that helps, really can help be one of, like, the triggering things of, Oh, I probably haven't been thinking about the Lord as much as I can. How, how about this? You know, and this is something that I, and these are habits that we can change. You know, like the Bible talks about renewing your mind in, in Romans 12, verse 2. But like, like I would meditate on negative, the negative things all the time. You know, like, like man, like, like why, why, why are they doing it this way when it could work this way so much better? You know, like always thinking about the wrong things. Well, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if, I'm, if my brain is always complaining Am I, am I meditating on God? No, <laughs> not at all. You know, so, so, so that's a question we need to ask ourselves is how much am I genuinely thinking about the Lord? Yeah. Well, and one of the things to keep in mind, why are we talking about this in the first place? Because what you're hungry for, and put this yeah. in the comments, what you're hungry for is what you'll feast upon. Yeah. You know, we, we've been saying, why have we been repeating over and over each and every single day that 2023 is to be the year of his glory? Why is it in yeah. our kickstart video? Yeah. Because what you think on and the other steps that we're going to get into today, what you're hungry for, that's what you're going to end up feasting upon. Yeah. You know, the word says, as Buddy quoted earlier in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom, you know, and then all his righteousness gets added unto you. As you're hungry for the things of God, the things of God get added to you and then yeah. anything else that you're hungry yeah. for. Like God's a supplier. But if I'm hungry for junk, that's what I'm going to feast on. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's an extremely disciplined person who would, and like crazy disciplined, who would yeah. be able to watch like, cake boss watch like all these youtube videos of like just junk food and watching how stuff gets made and then goes in the back and eats like plain chicken and some brussels sprouts like you've got to be crazy disciplined in order to do that and even still after a period of time even if you maintained it like for some period of time if all you're putting in is junk and junk and junk into your eyes and into our minds at some point, it's going to steer our yeah. ship into feasting on junk. And our heart for you in this ministry is that you would be partakers of the good things of God, mm-hmm. that you would feast upon Him. But before we ever get to feasting on God, we've got to get hungry for it. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the things I loved about yesterday's message. I was talking to Serena about it yesterday. Is, And we've been here for like a year the Lord is having us as a body, as a people, as a company, get to a get real yeah. place. Yeah. You know, we're never going to be able to step into the glory until we get real with ourselves, until we judge ourselves appropriately, yeah. until we can get to the point where we look into the mirror and effectively judge ourselves and don't forget what we saw as we walk away. Yeah. We've got to get real with this stuff because yeah. God has places to take us to. We just had a whole week on vision. Yeah. The only way vision's going to get fulfilled is if we get hungry yeah. to fulfill it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you can put this in the comments as well. My appetite 
What's the best way to say this? My appetite is my choice. Yeah, I for guess. sure. You know, I choose what I'm hungry for. Absolutely. Like, right, uh, you know, here, you can put that in the comments. I choose what I'm hungry for. And I'm not, honestly, again, you know, we're, the, we're talking about are you hungry? We're fasting. Food analogies are coming in. Like, what most people don't understand is that even their, their physical food appetite is developed. Absolutely. They, they, nobody takes their first sip of black coffee and says, this is great. Wow, I love this. Right? No one does that. But what do they do? They make themselves, they, they train themselves, they get themselves kind of dependent on that thing, and then, then they can't see how they can function without yeah. it. Same thing with junk food, you know? Same thing with, with, with all the things that are just terrible for people. Like people, uh, in America, most people have convinced themselves that they could never enjoy a salad. They're, they're just absolutely convinced of that because when they eat a salad, they don't enjoy it, right? Mm -hmm. but, but here's the thing, like, and this is something that fasting can do. Fasting rewires your absolutely. taste buds, you know? That's why it's a good thing to, to, to fast, you know? But, but here's the thing. If you desire more than anything junk food, that's because you've trained yourself to. Yep. And, and, but, but here's the beauty of it. If you've trained yourself to desire that, you can train yourself to, to actually desire the things that are healthy for you. Like, like, it, like welcome to, to 2023 where 99% of people's God is their belly. And even in the church, their God is their belly. Where you bring up food and people get irritated and people just try to resist it. No, no, this is just who I am. I love, I love, you know, donuts and I love all these things. You, you know, this just, it's just a part of me. You know, you can't take that away. You, you, well, you can't take it away if that's your mentality. But, but we can rewire our, our taste to actually enjoy mm -hmm. the things that are good for us. You yep. can get, your body can get to a place where you're no longer craving pizza. You're craving an apple. You're yeah. craving an orange. You're craving a salad. You can actually develop your hunger to hunger after those things. Why am I saying this? This isn't like a, like I'm not a nutritionist or anything, but what, what I am saying is this. When, like if, it's the same in the spirit it is in, in, your, sure. in your physical flesh body. When I, when I, uh, when I make the I can make the decision to hunger after the things of God, but, but, what I, but what I actually have to do is I have to put to death my flesh Absolutely. and its desire for junk, and I have to begin just feasting on the things of, of, of God, right? Or, or in the natural, I have to start feasting on the things that are good for me. I just have to make that decision. And when my flesh is like, but you want to eat the junk, I have to tell my flesh no, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, and when I do that, my, my body will rewire itself to desire the things that are good for it. Yeah. You know? Um, but, but in the, and let me say this, if you, if you have a hard time disciplining your physical body, you're going to have a hard time doing the same thing in the spirit. For sure. You know, that's why we, t we don't, I, like, I don't necessarily take that, some of that stuff lightly, you know? If I have a hard time disciplining myself to stop eating junk, I'm probably going to have a hard time disciplining my because that it's a flesh thing, right? That my and when the Bible talks about your God being your belly, you need to learn how to tell your tell that belly to stop being your yeah. God. And if anyway, but it, but once we when that's why fasting is so important, yeah. right? That's why. Well, well, yeah. it, here's the thing. Like, I know that it, it can feel a little bit awkward, and I'm not saying you feel uncomfortable, but it can feel uncomfortable to the flesh to step into this stuff mm -hmm. where people have had 
religious cows, basically, yeah. like that need to be shot dead. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, you know, to back that up. Here, I, I could I couldn't remember which camera was mine. You know, the word tells us that we have 120 years available to us. You know, that's vision. What was all last week? We just said it. Last week was the Lord giving us vision. So God has a vision, and what's available to his people is that we can step into 120 years. That's a vision that we can have. But we're never going to step into that 120 years unless we live the way God tells us to live, unless we do things his way. What is that? That's being hungry to be humble to his instructions. Like the very first time I ever did a fast, the Lord told me as I, as I was coming off of it, I did 21 days. I was doing it with Miracle Word Ministries. Nobody here at the church was doing one at that point. And at the end of that fast, I was talking to pastor on the phone because the Lord told me, if I'm truly believing for 120 years, I have to live in a disciplined way. Yeah. Like God doesn't just bless anything. Mm -hmm. Hear that. God does not just bless anything. He blesses the obedient. God blesses the obedient. And I'll say it a third time. God blesses the obedient. God blesses those who do it his way. So if I go out and all I'm doing is feasting on red meat, white sugar, carbohydrates, and going, God's going to help me live to 120 years. I am really taking scripture out of context. Yeah. Like, I've got to do it God's ways to get God's things. And it boils down to, am I hungry enough yeah. to do what God wants me to do? Yeah. Because then, like, following this train of thought out, well, what does it matter if I live to 120 years? God says that I'm to have a satisfied life. I'm satisfied at 60. I'm good. See you later. Well, our flesh might be satisfied, but what did God want to do in the next 60 years that could come through you? Yeah. You know, it really boils down to who's our Lord? Mm -hmm. You know, who's Lord in your life? Who's Lord in my life? I don't have the luxury of making decisions on my own. I don't have the luxury of deciding what I like on my own. Mm -hmm. I live for him. Yeah. And God can't, can't make you hungry. Yeah. You know, there are certain, Skylar did a reel on it recently, things God can't do. I'm going to add another one to it. God can't make you hungry for himself. Mm. That's your choice. Thank it's you. what Buddy was saying earlier. It's our decision for whether we get hungry. Mm -hmm. Yes, he can cast vision. Yes, he can tell us what's available. But at the end of the day, I choose if I'm going to be hungry or not because yeah. God can't make me. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then again, going back to Matthew 5, verse 6, when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be satisfied. Yeah. So the biggest lie, really, that the enemy tries to pump into us is that, now, I'll never truly be satisfied unless I fill in the blank, right? You know, like, and again, these questions are actually going to, are challenging us to really make us question, do I actually believe this verse? Yeah. That if I hunger and thirst after him first, I'll be satisfied. Just like people, like, convince themselves well, if I'm not eating junk food, I'll never be satisfied, right? Like, like Pastor was showing us a, um, like a documentary about people talking about food. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of... It woke you up. It, it woke me up, and yeah. it kind of sickened me a little bit, too, because, like, you have these people, and they're saying, like, would you rather, you know, eat the stuff that you're eating right now and live to be 60 um, 
Or would you rather, you know, change your diet and live to be 80? And they're like, well, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather die at 60 and be happy than live to 80 and be miserable. Well, they've believed a lie that they could never be satisfied doing things that are actually good for them. Yeah. You know, that's an absolute, honestly, it's a demonic lie. that try, Like, I would even say it's a demonic lie when it comes into people's, you know, like natural food diet. I would sure. say that's a demonic lie too because it's causing so many of God's people to die on this earth prematurely when God had ordained another 20 years for them to yeah. live and to, to share the gospel and to spread the word of God. You yeah. know, it's a demonic thing. The devil wants to take you out of this earth early and he'll do whatever he can to do it. Even making you do it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of, and that's why Paul talks about their God is their belly. Yeah. We need to, we need to make sure that we're checking that. Yeah. We need to make sure that we're actually judging ourselves. Is my God my belly? Does every time a preacher talk about like health food, do, am I always trying to like push away that conviction because I don't actually want to change my habits? Yeah. Growth without change is impossible, right? But 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 it, but it goes back to the spiritual things, right? If I if I'm not fully devoted, God, whatever you want me to do. You want me to change my dietary habits? I'm going to lay it all on the altar. But God, you are my Lord, and I'm going to seek you first above all things. That's when I will actually be satisfied. Yeah. When I seek him first, that's when I'll be satisfied. Not when I seek the bacon first. When I seek him first, that's when I'll be satisfied. Not when I have my morning coffee, then I'll be good. No, when yeah. I seek him first, I shall be satisfied, right? I, I need to... Come to the, the realization and, and the, the, the truth that true satisfaction is found in one place when I'm seeking after him. Amen. And when I've lied to myself saying, no, but, if, but, but will I truly be satisfied without bacon? Yes, because your bacon's not your source. No. Your coffee's not your source. Yeah. Your God is your source of true satisfaction. But the enemy tries to bring in all these alternate, alternate things that promise us satisfaction. Yeah. Right? Well, if you don't have the latest phone, will you be really sad? Like, literally, that's 99% of commercial. That's actually 100% of commercialism is, is you won't be satisfied without the, new, the yeah. latest product. You know, that's, that's all that it is, and it's evil. Well, the, the, what I was going to say is, you know, not to, I'm not trying to go back to last week, but for the people who were able to watch last week, if you haven't done it yet, go back and watch our playlist series our series playlist on uh, vision. But, you know, specifically for Boomerang, our vision in this ministry, What's Right Boomerang, is that we're a house of love and prayer, living in his glory and abundance, winning souls and making disciples for Jesus. You, If I try to make a disciple right now, I replicate what I am. Like, that's what happens. And if I'm not hungry... Whether I'm trying to make a disciple or not, there are people in your life that are following you. Parents, children are following you. Just people, you have friends that look to your example. You know, husbands, you have wives that are following you. Leaders, you have tons of people following you. Life group leaders, you have people following you. Employers, you have employees that are following you in some way, shape, or form. And you pass on what you are. You know, I've watched as, as, I've, as I've grown up here in the ministry for the last 10 years, as I've grown in hunger, I've watched the people I'm called to lead 
also grow in hunger. But how did I do that? I was discipled after pastor. But, you know, it, things shifted in me when I started leading people and when I had my daughter because I began to think, what I'm dealing with right now, if I don't get a handle on it, yeah. I'll teach her mm-hmm. the wrong way. Yeah. Like, if I don't discipline myself, if I'm not, like, think of this, parents. If you're not hungry for God, how is your kid going to learn how to be hungry for God? If you're not modeling it, how can it be then replicated? You know, you can have all this theory about hunger living in your brain. And if you're in boomerang, I guarantee you've got some because we hear about it all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's different to go from theory into practical application. And that's where the discipline comes in. We have no other option if we're truly a believer than to be hungry for Christ because that's what we'll pass on. And hunger for Christ bleeds into everything, every area of my life. Because if he's my Lord, he's my Lord in my home. He's my Lord in my marriage. He's my Lord as I parent. He's my Lord as I go about my work. He's my Lord as I eat. He's my Lord as I dress. He's my Lord as I shop. He's my Lord as I speak to people. Like there's no area of my life he's not my Lord. And that's what we have to get hungry for is I didn't just get saved. I was elected by God to be his on the earth. You know, I was made an ambassador. I was sent into this foreign world to live as Christ. And if I expect heaven to back me up the way an ambassador should have its nation back them up, they have standards they have to live to. So we have to determine, are we truly hungry? And like like we said, Buddy has a whole series of questions we're going to go through. But we've got to get real. Like, it can't just live up here. It can't just live in our Sunday morning amens or our through the week. Amen, pastor, good word. Absolutely, that was fire. Like, it can't live in our comments. It has to live in our actions. It has to be in our heart and come out. Like, if people look at me, do they get hungrier for Jesus or do they get hungrier for the world? Well, you know, what's Jesus going to say? Well done. Good, yeah, good and faithful faithful servant. servant. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to say, well, amend, not well clapped, not even well attended. Yeah. Like, honestly, I am so thrilled that you guys are watching right now. Yeah. I really am. Like, that's great. Like, keep watching. Keep keep growing. You know, like, where does hunger come from? You know, it comes as we're surrounding ourselves with, with the Word of God. Yeah. But just because you're watching today doesn't mean you're hungry. For sure. You know, like... But, you know, because it's... it's how, how big were the crowds Jesus had? Yeah. And yet how many were hungry enough to go to the upper room with him? Yeah. And, or, or how many were in the upper room that left? For, they, yes. They, they, got, they got bored, you know? Like, but like, well, and here's the thing, you know, going back to the appetite, you know, like you choose what you're hungry for. You know, mm-hmm. I choose my appetite, both like with the food that I eat and with the things that I'm spiritually hungry for. So like... And, and like, here, here's, here's the, the reality. You know, the first time that I sit down to pray, it's probably opportunistic to even reach two minutes, you sure. know? You know, but the more I just give myself to it, the more, I, like, I reckon, it's like the first time you get a salad. You're like, why would people enjoy this, right? Well, it's especially after you've spent your whole life being trained that I enjoy junk, I enjoy this trash and that trash, and, 
and all these different things. We've been trained by the world to enjoy the, world, the world's things. So that when we first start, start entering into to godly things and godliness and start hungering after those things, our flesh is like, but I'd, rather, I'd much rather be watching a TV show right now than praying, you know? And, uh, but, but if I give myself to it, if I give myself to hunger after the things of God, if I commit my works, then my thoughts will be established, right? Mm-hmm. So if I just give myself to prayer, like, like I remember when we did our first like six-hour prayer night, you yeah. know? When we did our first six-hour, well, not our first one, the first one that I attended, right? Because um, we've done like all-night prayer, right? Absolutely. So the, fir- the first time I-, I came to a six-hour prayer night, hour one was up, and I was like, I was, ex- like <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, this is great. This is awesome. But I, like at this point, my flesh was like, I just want to kind of go home now, you know? But we went through the six hours, and then the next month when we did it again, it was easier. Like, it, it, it flew by, you know? Like, the next time, man, it was quick, you know? Like, it, but I had to give myself to it. And, and honestly, then I began to see the fruit of it. Then I began to see the benefits of it. And then I began to desire it, yeah. you know? You know, I began to desire being in those times of prayer, right? Um, but at first, it wasn't the easiest thing yeah. on my flesh, right? But I developed a hunger for it. Now to the point where, the, like, there can be times I'm watching a TV show, and I'm like, no, I, I, I want to go pray. You yeah. know? Like, all of a sudden, my appetite shifted because I gave myself to it. I didn't just, you know, I didn't just get to five minutes. I'm like, you know what, I'm done. I'm, I give up. You know? Yeah. No, I gave myself to it, and then I began to develop a hunger for it. And so I developed an appetite for it. Same thing with reading the Word. The first, like, five years that I would read the Word, I like, I... I was just kind of bored with it, you know? Well, first off, I didn't know how, <laughs> you know? I didn't have help, and I didn't have someone to teach me and train me. But, but now I'm at a point where I actually desire to get into this yeah. Word. I have a desire and a hunger to be in this Word, where I can read in this Word for an hour. I'm like, I want to go another hour, you know what I mean? I've developed a hunger for it, but I, I, the key is I developed a hunger for it, you know what I mean? So, so, so it, it's, again... My hunger, what I'm hungry for is my choice. Yeah. I choose what I have an appetite for. Um, but if I continuously choose my flesh, then that's all I'm going to be hungry for, yeah. right? If I continuously choose what my flesh is hungry for, well, my flesh wants to do this. Well, okay, then I'm just going to do whatever my flesh wants. I'm going to develop that appetite for what my flesh desires, right? Um, I think it was pastor. It was someone else, not me. But I remember they said... Uh, how do you expect to cast out demons when you can't even cast down a cookie? You know, like, like, how am I expected to carry an authority over the demonic if I don't even carry an authority over myself? Yeah. You know, and over my own flesh. We need to learn how, that's why Jesus said, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting, right? I need to learn to first discipline myself before I, ha- before I can bring discipline and, and authority over real spiritual things that I face in life. That's why I'm not taking this lightly, you know. Yeah. If, now, if I'm getting too heated, you can, like, uh, you know, like, calm me down. But, like, but, but th- these things, like, we're not talking about small potatoes, right? It's the small foxes that spoil the vine. And so when we're talking about hunger today, we're, what I really want to challenge us and ask us is, what are we hungry for? What are you hungry for? Are you hungry to satisfy the lusts of the flesh, or are you hungry after God? Well, that's pro- proved by 
What am I meditating on? What am I thinking about? And I guess we can go to the next one. What, uh, what do I talk about? It, what could you spend hours talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, if someone were to bring up, you know, football, could you talk for hours on it? You know, could you talk for hours and hours? Now, I'm not saying just because you can talk for hours and hours on it that you, you're not hungry for God, but I would, I would say, you know, it, like, what's the thing that you could talk for hours and hours and hours on? You know, that, that's, that's a good question that we should ask ourselves, right? Like, for me, at one point, it was like Marvel and, and DC and stuff like that. Like, I could talk for hours on, like, the different superheroes and stuff like that. And, like, especially, like, in the MCU, and that was getting big, and God said, stop. Like, he actually, t- like, for about a year, he said, stop watching it. Stop, stop watching anything. Stop reading any of the comics. Stop doing any of that stuff. And, uh, and as, as that year progressed, I began to realize I spent too much time on that. I talked about that way too much, right? Doesn't Jesus say out of an uh, abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So, like, when you're at work, do you have a hard time not talking about God? Or is it really easy to talk, not talk about God? You know, like, like Jeremiah says it this way. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Yeah. Like, what, what does that mean? I can't not talk about it, you know? Yeah. Because, why? Because I'm meditating on it. I, I have such a passion for this. I'm so hungry for it. I can't not talk about it, right? What, what do you talk about? You know, what are the things that you talk to your family about? What are the things that you talk to your peers about? What are you always talking about? You know, is it the things of God? Is it, is it godly things? Or is it fleshly things? You know, yeah. are you always talking about food? And are you always talking about, you know, sports or, or movies or TV shows or all these other things? I'm not saying that you can't talk about these, you know? Like, because you can take it to a legalistic point of view and be like, I threw out my TV and anyone who has a TV is of the devil. I mean, you know, you, you hear people say, why do all the chairs in the living room face that one thing? It's because it's an idol. Like, no, that's not what we're saying. But, however, if it gets between you and God and you become more hungry for that thing than God, then it's become an idol, right? Yeah. What's the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me, right? Or before my face. What does that mean? Basically, anything that gets between you and God's face, there we go, anything that gets between you and God's face has become an idol. Because you are more focused on this than you are on God. So what are you talking about? What are you meditating on? Like, that, that's a real genuine question we need to ask ourselves. So, so what am I meditating on? What am I thinking about? What am I talking about? Because out of an overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, now, the next one, what, what do I spend my money on? Yay, right? How many, how many preachers have you heard like, Show me your pocketbook or show me your checkbook and I'll show you what you're hungry for, right? Like, like what, what am I spending my money on? Am I, spending on, am I giving my money to invest in the kingdom of God or am I giving my money uh, to, to di- like Jesus says, Jesus literally said in the Bible, use your money to make friends, right? Yeah. Well, you know, he says, use your money to make friends. Like, am I, am I spending my money on developing unity with the body, right? Am I spending my money on developing unity, unity with other people? Or am I spending my money on the things that I want to spend my money on, yeah. right? Like, where's my money going? You know, is it going, is it going just to the bills, just to the tithe, but then everything else is just to whatever, you know, but all my extra, you know, I put that into myself. Like, where's your money going to, right? I mean, honestly, start with the tithe. 
Yeah, like, start with a tie. <laughs> Right. I, there was a statistic that came out a few years ago. Teddy, um, Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. ministered on it. I haven't looked it up recently, so I don't know it offhand. But ballparking, like what I remember of the statistic, is basically if believers, like just the people who profess to be Christians, yeah. would tithe, just those ones, like we would have billions and billions of dollars come into the kingdom immediately. Yeah. Immediately. But... I. I mean, really for me, like, I, I learned about finances from evangelist Ted and Carolyn yeah. because the, they're who I started to come up under before I came here. And one of the things that I heard um, T- evangelist Ted say is that there's never a time where he would make something happen for himself first before he made that thing happen for God. So, like, you know, using a TV, he would never go out and spend $3,000 on a TV unless he'd given $3,000 to the Lord first at some point in time. Because it's really easy for things (laughs) to become your idol. Like, it's very easy to just get in this self-serving mode. And I'm not saying that you have to do everything he that I just said. Like, I'm not saying you have to do it that way. But I chose to. Like, I heard that. I'm like, you know what? I I will make things happen for the Lord before yeah. I make them happen for me yeah. because I'm not my own source. God's my source. Yeah. And that's really where all of this boils down is, especially in Western culture, we've become our own source. Yeah. We've given ourselves options. Mm-hmm. And if an option exists that's not Christ and I'm taking it, then I'm showing, Lord, you're not my first call. <laughs> yeah. You're not my source. I'm going to make this my source instead. So what I chose to do is I I decided I'm not going to make things happen for me first. So the first, like, big thing George and I, like, ever did, like, we made sure that we had sown that into the kingdom at some point in time first. And then, like, I'm not going to tell you exactly how George and I have run all of our finances my entire life. We've done things wrong. We've done things right. But here's what I am saying. We're, we don't take a vacation unless we've sown that amount in. We don't buy something unless we've sown that amount in. We make sure like that we're pursuing the Lord first with yeah. our finances because God's always going to be first in our life. Yeah. You know, I check every year to make sure that our giving has gone up. And if there's ever a time where it hasn't, then we miss something that year because my giving is to be a reflection of my love for God. You know, it's not about money it's about what do i love more yeah what do i love more mm-hmm. and just like with my relationship with my husband every day and every year it should deepen every day and every year my love for the lord should yeah. deepen yeah. and if i'm looking at like my yearly giving statement that should increase every year because I love him that much more. Yeah. You know, my very first Christmas for George, I know exactly how much I spent. And it was like, it was roughly around like $300 because that's all I could afford at that point in time. And that was a big deal for me. Yeah. Like that was a big deal. Now, like that's where I started. And I was thinking about it this year. Like that's all I spent on George that entire year. Now, like, that that doesn't even get us through, like, a couple months. I mm-hmm. look for ways to bless him because I love him. Mm-hmm. And I do the same with the Lord. 
you know, my checkbook's a direct indicator. Am I spending it on God? And here, here's some places, you know, you, I love that you said a second ago, am I spending it on unity? You know, here's how you can tell that. Am I willing to spend money to go out to eat with the church on mm-hmm. Sunday? Am I willing to go spend money on the family events that are mm-hmm. happening in my church? Yeah. Am I willing to make something happen for someone else who's mm-hmm. in a bind? Yeah. You know, what am I willing to do with my finances? Do they take care of me? Mm-hmm. Or do they, am I sowing them into the people I'm called to? Yeah, well, like you could say, well, I can't afford, you know, to, to spend, you know, 20, 25 bucks to get lunch, you know, with the church once a week. But you can afford to spend... 75 bucks a month for cable, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, what's your priority? And what's the, your cell and phone the, bill? Yeah, yeah, what's your, yeah, what's your cell phone bill? Well, like, like, look at this. Like, people will, like, will not think twice to spend $1,000 on an iPhone, like on a new iPhone. Or to, or to budget that out and have the monthly yeah, payments yeah, for that. Yeah, 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 you know, like the, the 27 bucks a month, you know, to, to pay that out. Um, but whenever you even consider, well, what if I set aside 25 bucks a month for the next couple, like the next however many months, yeah. so that I can sow a thousand dollars, you know, in, into an offering. Like, yeah. like do people do people budget for stuff like that? You know, like like people don't bat an eye for like spending seven thousand dollars on a vacation. Yeah. You know? But but whenever you know, if, if we were to say the Lord's leading people to sow seven thousand dollars in the offering today, instantly people are like, mm, no, that's not me. That's someone else. You know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like like now. Nah, like we don't do that. Like be led by the Lord. But but the reality is this: if the Lord just puts it on your heart, you know, to sell yeah. seven thousand dollars, all of a sudden, mm, I, I don't know about that. But we get so excited about about putting seven thousand dollars into a into a vacation yeah. because it's for us. Or, you know. Or when's the last time you budgeted for God? Yeah. You yeah. know, like truly, when's the last time that was part of the budget? Yeah. You know, like I I remember. No. I like I know that there are because I've been that where it's well I can pay the cell phone bill because that's part of like my daily like living mm-hmm. I just I don't have the extra mm-hmm. to give toward pastor appreciation or to give in an offering or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. well have you budgeted for it because yeah. he, here here's the bottom line what you're hungry for you'll feast on yeah what you want to do you will do yeah like that's mm-hmm. everybody yeah what we want to do we end up doing what we want, we make happen. Like it, it's in it's it, it's in us because we're designed to want God, and we are designed to make that happen. We're yeah. designed to pursue Him mm-hmm. in that way. So truly, like kickstarts coming up. George and I have already talked about you know what are we going to be sowing? What are we going to be giving? And there's been times like in the past, like for bigger things like pastor appreciation or just special love offerings, where. We've skipped going out to eat for an entire month, except for Sundays, because we'll yeah. always go out on Sundays. <laughs> but we've skipped going out and doing the extra stuff because yeah. we want to give God something that yeah. means something to us. Yeah. Be willing to put your own needs, or not your needs, your own wants, because yeah. most of it's a want, yeah. on the back burner yeah. to, in order to give it to the Lord, because here's what God does. Those who seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, he adds all things. Yeah. So I've I've never, ever, ever been without yeah. when I've done it this way. I've never yeah. been without when I make God first in my life. Yeah. My finances are first his finances. I'm not yeah. buying stuff 
unless God says I can. I'm not spending my money yeah. unless God says I can. I'll cut out the extra drinks. I'll yeah. cut out going out to eat. I'll yeah. cut out the movies. I'll yeah. cut out buying whatever mm -hmm. if it's for him. I yeah. don't care. Take yeah. it all, God. Yeah. Well, like, you know, when, when again, when I started first started dating Serena, I would get her stuff. Why? Because I... Again, hungered after that relationship. Yeah, I, I may if if I didn't know how I would make it happen, I would make it happen. For you know? sure. Like Christmas is a great example. Like how many people like you know? There's people who budget for Christmas. Like that. Like it's a minority, but mm -hmm. there's people who budget for Christmas. You know, but like they make it happen to to get those gifts to their for families, sure. right? Like, do we make it happen so that we can give to God? You yeah. know, like, um, but I was hungry for my wife, you know, for my, my girlfriend at that point, you know, like I was hungry for that relationship. And so I would give to her. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you, you give to the thing that you desire most. Yep. It's easy to give to the things that we prioritize and the things that we desire most. It's mm -hmm. easy. It's very easy. Again, it's very easy. Easy for people, if they have $7,000 in the budget, to pour that into a vacation. Very easy. Why? Because they desire it. Yeah. Why, why would it be difficult to put that to God, to give that to God? It's probably because we prioritized our flesh over God. You know, yeah. like these are questions that we need to ask ourselves. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. There your heart is also. So what am I spending my money on? What am I hungry for? Okay, what do I spend my money on? Yeah. What? Because where my treasure is, that's where my heart is also. Yeah. Like, these are genuine questions we need to ask ourselves. It's easy to give to the things that we desire most. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's not, it's not a hard thing. It's easy to, to spend the, the, the 20 bucks a month on the streaming service. Yep. It's easy to do that because, because it brings us entertainment and it brings us joy. It should be so much easier for us to give into the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. It should be easier, you know, like... But, but, you know, obviously our flesh is always going to try to resist it and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but if we develop our hunger so much after the things of God, it'll be so easy to seek Him first. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All the things will be added unto you. It's not when I seek first the things that they're added unto me. It's when I seek first His kingdom, they're all added unto me. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be satisfied. So all the other things are involved in it. They come with it right? Mm -hmm. With me hungering after God. They all come with it. So like, why? But if I'm chasing after the stuff and after the things, I'll never be satisfied. There'll always be a new thing that I'm desiring and longing for, and I'll never be satisfied. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, but he adds no sorrow yeah. to it. So the things come with him when I'm seeking him first. It all comes alongside of it. But, but when, unless, I, but I, if I'm not seeking him first, well, like it, it can even be revealed in our prayers, right? Like, or in my meditation, am I meditating on what God can do for me? Or am I meditating on God? Right? Like, cause I could say, no, I'm meditating on, 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 in hungering after God, but am I hungering after God or am I hungering after his things? Right? Am I hungering after, well, God, I just really need, uh, you know, I really want this financial increase. I really want a, a new car. I really want a new, uh, a new house. I really want a new, it, like, you know, and God, that's what I'm believing for. And I'm convincing myself that I'm meditating on him, but I'm really meditating on the stuff. Now, it's not wrong to, 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 to meditate on his promises, but if, if I put the promises before I put him, what am I hungry for? What he can right? do for you. What he can do for you, right? Delight yourself in the Lord. Not in the desires of your heart. 
Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart, right? But I got to find my delight first in the Lord. God, I'm just satisfied with you, Yeah. right? That's where like we read in the Old Testament or in the New Testament when it says, you know, with food and, cl- and covering, you shall be content, right? Well, God, I, if I have you, I'm content. But that's not where it ends, you know? When I, but when, I, when, I, when, I'm, uh, when I delight myself, God, I am so thankful that I have you. God's, God adds. God adds. He adds all those things to us. Because really, it's all about him. That, yeah. That's the desire. That's the thing. You know, what am I hungry for? Right? It do, a lot of times we, we read that verse, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of our heart. Yeah. And we interpret that as the desires of our flesh. And it's like, oh, if I, if I you know, if I go to church, if I do these things, then I'm going to get the things that I want. Now, that's a, that's a fleshly perspective. You're, you're actually seeking the desires, the desires of your flesh. But no, I need to delight myself in him. God, I just want you. Yeah. And all those things are, are added into it. Because God, because you're in that fellowship with God where he can now move. He has to look for people to show himself strong in, right? Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's the part of the Bible that kind of grates me a little bit. Like, why does God have to search for people? Yeah. You know? Oh, well, because it's a vast minority of people, even believers, who are actually, whose heart is pure towards him. But when he finds someone whose heart is pure towards him, then he can show himself strong yeah. on their behalf. All these scriptures are saying the exact same thing, right? They're all saying the exact same thing. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13, right? Where, where it says um, that if you, uh, uh, if you give him all your heart, right? Um, right? He, what, what is it? All your heart. It's there. If you search for him with yeah. all of your yeah. heart. You will seek him and find him when you seek after him. Not the stuff, but him with all your heart. So what are you meditating on? What are you talking about, right? What are you spending your money on? Well, and here, yeah. the one thing before we hop yeah. on to the fourth one yeah. that the Lord is just bringing up to me, part of checking to see if God's got your heart and your finances is not just what am I making happen for the Lord, yeah. but what are you yielding the Lord's instruct? Like when God gives you an instruction with your finances, are you yielding to it? And the reason I bring that up is because making sure God has your heart is also being willing to spend the money when he says spend the money. Yeah. You know, because God will break a spirit of poverty off of a person yeah. a lot of times by saying, buy bigger, go out to the nice restaurant, do make that purchase. Yeah. Like he ha- he literally had to yeah. do that with me because I didn't think I was worth a $50 purse when yeah. George wanted to buy it for me. Yeah. I literally thought my worth was less than $50 because that was my chokehold. And God told him, buy it for her and then buy her this and buy her this because God was breaking that off of me. Yeah. God will say at different points in time, Go to the nice restaurant. Take the nice vacation. And yielding to that is just as much giving your finances to him as it is just writing a check and putting it in an offering. It's being obedient with your finances. So if you were to go back over your last month's statement, can you see obedience written down in the ledger? You know, and put that in the comments. If I look... At my monthly checking statement, do I see obedience? Yeah. 
And because that's what all of this boils down to. Mm -hmm. Was it obedient to go to Taco Bell 12 times? Was it obedient to buy the $500 TD? Was it obedient to, to give that person the $50 when they asked you for it? Was it obedient to give $1,000 in yeah. the offering? That's all that matters. Yeah. What is obedient? Yeah. And that's what God blesses. Yeah, and, and, and actually that, that, that reminded me of something else that, that, that I felt like I should share too is because um, it, it's all about obedience. So basically, you know, here, here's a question along the lines of when it comes to what are you hungry for? The second money is put into your hands, what's your first thought? Absolutely. Right? What's your first thought? You know, that, that blends, you know, what do I spend my money on and what do I think on? What's your first thought when money comes into your hands? I, like, there have been times when, I'm, when I've told God, God, if you give me a million dollars, I'm going to give 900000 of it to your kingdom. I'm going to probably give the other $50,000 towards, you know, to, to pastors or something. I don't know. Like, you know, yeah. and, then, and then, you know, and then I'll, well, I'll, you know, I'll tithe, you know, obviously. And I'll, that's what I'll do, you know. That's what I tell myself. And then, and then God puts $5 into my hands. Like, oh, I'm going to use this to get some Chick-fil-A, <laughs> you know? Well, did you tithe off of the $5? Like, did you, did you, did, did the first thing that come to your mind say, okay, Lord, you put this in my hands. Is this seed? What do you want me to do with this? Is it even right? yours? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it mine? Is it seed? Is it someone else's? God, what do you want me to do with this? Yeah. With this $5, right? Like, if I'm not going to do it with $5, this sounds like a biblical principle. If I'm not going to do it with $5, $5, will I do it with a million dollars, right? When, when someone puts $20 into your hand, is your first thought, oh, well, I can probably use this for my next haircut, <laughs> right? Because right. Right? like we, we, we think that way when it comes to the, the multi-millions of dollars, but do we think that same way when it comes to the $5, yeah. the $1? Like, would I be willing to put, the t put a dime in the offering yeah. and kind of feel a little silly? But God put it in my hands, so I'm going to make sure that, that I give it to him, right? And like, what am I doing with that aspect of it? Right? Yeah. Oh, you know, when, like, oh, well, they're not going to do it with the five. How, how, how's he, how, how is he going to expect me to do it with the million? You yeah. Know? Like, we could have a genuine heart. God, if you give me that million dollars, I'm going to do this. Right? And, and honestly, like, I don't need, at this point, like, with, 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 with where I'm at, like, I don't necessarily have a million dollar need, you know? Like, so it can be really easy for me to say that I'll pump, like, $900,000 into the kingdom, you know? It can be really easy for me to say that. But, um... But the question is, though, when he puts that $20 into your hand, is your first thought, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Or is your first thought, hmm, what can I do with this? Right. Like, what can I spend this on? Right? Like, oh, what a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. This must be the harvest. So I'm going to, you know, you, well, is it the harvest or is it seed? He gives yeah. seed to the sower, you know? So, like, the, these are the questions we need to ask ourselves. Am I obedient when someone puts $5 into my hands? <laughs> you know, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? You know, he could ask you to put that $5 in someone else's hand. And you'd be like, well, it's not a lot. You know, I, I feel a little embarrassed. Well, then don't be obedient. You know, like, like that's not, it's not really a choice. Yep. But, but the question is, you know, what do I spend my money on? What do I think on? When, that, when God puts that into my hands, what's my first thought? Oh, Lord, thank you for this. What, what is this? Is this seed? Do you want me to give this? Is this mine? What do you want me to do with this? That should be the first thing that enters into, into our minds. If we're truly hungering and thirsting after righteousness yeah. to the level that we should be, Amen. you know? And this isn't a, a, like a big, let's beat everyone else up, you know, like, what, really this is a, let's judge ourselves and genuinely ask ourselves, am I 
hungry for God, like I've been declaring, you know, I am hungry for Jesus. I am hungry for God. Well, these are the questions that'll cause us to actually ask ourselves. What am I meditating on? You know what I was saying. What am I, you know, what am I thinking about? What am I uh, talking about? What am I spending my money on? And and, uh, the last one, what am I spending my time on? Well, and if I can, a couple years ago, like you and I were on the phone with Pastor, and I bring this up. I've had the ex- literally the exact same phone call with Pastor. Um, the one that came in my head was was the one that we were on together. And it's not that you weren't pursuing the things of God. You had literally just moved across the country, yeah. literally yeah. just did that yeah. with your wife. And you've been a minister. You've done all of these, like mm-hmm. all of these great things. And... I remember pastor being on the phone and saying to you, as he has said to me so many times, so I'm not, yeah. oh, buddy. But yeah. at that, he told you, like, at that point, you needed to get hungry. Yeah. And not hungrier. Yeah. You needed to get hungry. Yeah. And I've been in that same yeah. exact situation and been yeah. like, what do you mean I need to get hungry? What yeah. about all of the people that are not yeah. currently serving the Lord mm-hmm. or in the ministry or doing yeah. Why do I need to get hungry? Yeah. And... You know, the reason that this has become a revelation for you and at this stage in your life and a revelation for me in this stage Mm. in my walk with the Lord is because we had these conversations with pastor that forced us to wake up. Yeah. You know, it that phone call yeah. for like I watched you, it forced you to have to examine yourself. The Mm. same ones I've had forced me to have to examine myself like they're not fun on the flesh. This is not a fun on the flesh topic. But it is one that's going to cause, this is a topic that will either make or break a believer. It will either tip them into the glory or it will tip them out of actually pursuing the things of God. But our prayer for you today is to hear this and let it be the wake-up call of, you know what, in theory, I've been hungry. In certain actions, I've had moments of hunger. Mm -hmm. But I'm not to have a moment of hunger. I'm to have a life marked by my hunger. We'll put this in the comments. Hunger drives you to a decision. It does. You know, like when you are around hungry people, it drives you to a, to a decision. The reason why I'm here is because I grew up with a bunch of people who weren't necessarily hungry. I yeah. grew up in religion. I went to, to Bible college. I was, you know, a youth uh, minister, minister, whatever you would call it, for like a couple years. And then, and then I was in a meeting with Jonathan Shuttlesworth. You know, he, he was at our youth camp. And all of a sudden, I saw what hunger was. Yeah. You know? And it dri- drive hunger drives you to a decision. All of a sudden, I saw a girl who, who, who would cut herself, you know, like all the time. Her scars disappeared. I'd never seen anything yeah. like that before. Like, oh, this is real, you know? Like, it kind of opens your eyes up, and it, it draws you to that decision point. And so what I started doing in that moment is I started listening to him. I started seeing, hearing the things that he was teaching, you know, and and... And I, and, and I started hearing hunger in his heart, you know, and, and recognize hunger drives you to a decision point. They didn't invite him back to that youth camp, right? Because they didn't like the decisions and the things that he was believing and things that he was teaching, right? They didn't invite him back. But I, why? Because it drew them to a decision point, right? Right? You, you look throughout church history. Whenever people started getting hungry, it drew, you know, the, the mainstream church to a decision point. And most of them didn't like it, and so they try to shove and suppress. Or, or you know, like a lot of the, the genuine moves of God have been labeled as heresy and witchcraft yeah. because the mainstream church, you know, that controls, like, the media, that controls, like, 
that, that writes all the books and can suppress like anything that's written, like tries to label them as, as, as heretics and things like that. Like hunger draws people to a decision point and that, and you see that with Bartimaeus when everyone's trying to get him to shut up. People don't like, honestly, carnal, lukewarm Christians don't like to be drawn to a decision point. They would, they want to be comfortable in their yep. flesh. And hunger is going to drive you to a decision point, right? What, like that, that's what, basically what you're saying. Like, like this is going to either draw people to retreat and stop watching this broadcast and stop listening to us, or it's going to draw them to a place where they make the decision, no, I am going to change. I am going to hunger after the things of God. And the people who actually think that they can make some medium choice where they don't actually have to make the change, but I'll still stick around, yeah. they're not going to be sticking around for long. You can't, there's... You're going to get to that decision point where it's either going to make you or break yeah. you. You know, so it's basically what I can encourage you to do is make that decision right now. I'm going to hunger after the things of God. I'm going to make changes to the habits that I've developed and change my so that I can change my appetite after the things of God. That's a decision that you can yeah. make right now, right? God, I'm going to change my habits and discipline myself to go after the things of God, not after the things of my yeah. flesh. That's a ch- choice that we can make right now. Well, and one of the things, it, it came up to me earlier, Pastor put in the comments, we must stay hungry. Oh, hi, Pastor. <laughs> and Sorry. the word, no, you're fine. The word stay, stay, stay yeah. hungry is something that's been coming up to me through this whole thing. Because speaking from personal experience, you know, I grew up in religion as well. I grew up around people who said that they loved the Lord, and I had. Look, my parents did not serve the Lord while I was growing up. Like, that was not something that happened. The only way I got to church is if I walked there myself and in the snow and rain, like, my parents would sometimes give me a ride or people would pick me up. But if I wanted to go, I had to make it happen. And I, like, so I grew up in the religion. I grew up in the rituals and all that good stuff, the doxologies, the hymns, the hermeneutics, whatever. And then I started going to a church, and I met evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Like, that's why we have such a love for the Shuttlesworths, because they have a way of sorting out religion from the real. And that's one of the things Pastor Brian has on him as well. Like, it's, it's, the Holy Spirit's so fun. But so I started seeing that there was a reality to this thing. And my, like, it was like I got reborn. Like, I'd been saved. But it's like, I was awakened to, oh my gosh, there is more available to me. And I came to Albemarle in 2012 and I with evangelist Ted and Carolyn. And I remember the day that I went out soul winning and Teddy like called me to go to this nursing home and to go pray for someone who was paralyzed. And we laid hands on somebody in the parking lot, like me and this group of girls, someone who was bound in a wheelchair and she got up and started dancing. We prayed for the paralyzed person on the bed who couldn't move. And by the time we left, their toes started moving. And I remember being in the tent meeting with that Teddy had invited me into and sharing the things of God. I remember moving here and seeing like God do mighty things. And then I remember the day, like not the day, but I remember the moment where it all became normal. And that's the danger with this is you can be hungry. And then there's a moment where if you're not wise, it just becomes normal. And all of a sudden the things that just made you so hungry, they get familiar and instead of awe-inspiring wonder, it's, well, of course that's going to happen. That's church. Of yeah. course that happens here. Of course God's going to heal. That's what he does. 
Of course. And here's the thing. Yeah, he's going to do it. But if we're not diligent to stay in a childlike sense of faith Mm -hmm. and wonder, then our hunger's going to die and we're going to take it for granted. Well, of course that happens to me. Why wouldn't it? And it becomes about ourselves or or, or our own decisions. Or hear this, people who are on right now, you're hungry to a point, you're here and watching. That means that you're already above the crowd. But our arrival mentality that's baked into our flesh can make us think that we've done something simply by going to a church service or simply by watching a broadcast. As Buddy said earlier, that doesn't indicate hunger. How do you respond when someone gets healed? Yeah. When it's time to praise and worship, is it like pulling your teeth to get you to move? Or is it inside of you and it has to come out? My God's been so good. Like, do you look at the testimonies that are surrounding us? Like, I didn't even know you then. But the fact that God delivered you from hating yourself and depressed and just bound in that, like, Mm -hmm. that makes me so excited every time I think about it because there's destiny on you. There's destiny on Marky who was bound and, like, in just this self-hatred. And God delivered her from that. Mm -hmm. There was destiny on Abby the moment the doctor killed her by giving her too much of something like some sort of medical whatever. There's destiny on her when God raised her from the dead. There's destiny on you. Are you rejoicing when people share that with you? Are we moved by the things of God or are they just familiar? We can't get familiar with God to the point that he becomes a routine. God's not a routine. God's your miracle working Lord. God's yours. God's alive. God lives in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Yes. In you, when you pray, angels move because your words line up with heaven. When you are in the covering of God, you become one with him to such a degree that the devil can't separate you from him. There's no difference between you and him. What a God. Like what a God we serve. And I really think that's why the Lord told pastor, hunger, humility. Humility keeps you in the place of hunger. Humility gets you to the place of realizing, I don't have my stuff all together without the Lord. I don't have anything without the Lord. I need you. I want you. I have to have you. I'm not satisfied with anything but you. Humility is key for that. Well, like... Honestly, as you were saying that, I was just thinking of a situation where I was talking with some people and they were talking, like they were talking about how they were, they needed something and then uh, God made it happen, right? And they were saying, oh, it's because I'm blessed. You know, it's because I'm blessed. And then someone else was saying, oh, no, it's because I was praying. You know, and they're like, no, it's because I'm blessed. And they're like, oh, because I was praying. And I was like, because God, yeah. <laughs> it's because like, God is good. Yeah. Where's, give God the glory, not you and, and, and your, your actions, actions. That, yeah. that brought about a blessing, not you and your actions of praying. It's God who is good. Let's look at him. <laughs> you yeah. know? Let, let's, let's seek him first. Not, not the hand, not the, not, the, the, not the results, but let's seek him first because he is good. Yeah. And when I seek him first, that's when I, that, and only then is when I'll be satisfied. Yeah. It's only then that I'll be satisfied. It's only then that I can look at my life and say, I love my life. Mm-hmm. Only when I'm seeking him first, right? Not when I'm seeking after my own mental health, not when I'm seeking after my own fleshly desires, 
when I'm seeking him first. Yeah. That might put some pressure on my flesh. It might put some pressure on my logical reasoning and my logical thinking in the way that I've thought. Right? Essentially, the way that the world's taught me to thought, right? Taught me to thought. Taught me to think, right? It might put some pressure in those areas, but whenever I put that aside and just press in yeah. and hunger after him, there's always going to be more. I'm never going to be at a place where there's not going to be more for me to hunger after. Yeah. That's why we need to stay hungry. Yeah. Because we're never going to get to a point where, you know, okay, like I've reached this level of hunger. I, like I'm, I'm satisfied. Let me just stay here then. No, you, you'll get dissatisfied very quickly if, if you get to that point. Because we're never supposed to, 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 to grow in hunger and find a place where we don't need a hunger anymore. Hunger is always a progressive thing. We should always be getting hungrier and hungrier and hungry after the things of God because there's always going to be more for us to grow in. Yeah. There's never a limit to, to, to where we should hunger after God. We should get to the point where we're so hungry after God that everyone's like, what's wrong with them? But, th- but things work out for them. Yeah. And then it irritates them because now the world is saying, surely God's doing great things for them, but they, but they just look crazy. Like, like, I want what they have, but I don't want to do what they do. But, but the results are there, right? You know, like, uh, like, like, I want the results that, you know, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown has in his, in his ministry, where he's just walking in the glory, right? But am I willing to do the things that he's done, right? Am I willing to take on the scrutiny and, and, and the things of just being someone who's hungry after the things of God? And then God just begins to move. But then all the unhungry people just kind of like, I don't like that. I disagree with that. That's evil. That's demonic. Like people have been doing, like people were doing when Jesus was walking on the earth, right? Um, you know, yeah, Skylar says either you're hungry or you're not. Like, yeah. am I going to make the decision to hunger after the things of God? What are you hungry for? Yeah. <laughs> what are you hungry for? What are you meditating on? What are you thinking? Or those are the same thing. What are you thinking on? What are you meditating on? What are you, what, what are you uh, talking about? What are you spending your money on? Or are you being obedient in, in how you're spending your money? What do you spend your time doing? Like, these are all the questions you need to ask yourself to really challenge yourself and say, am I hungry? Yeah. Right? right? Am I hungry? What am I spending my time doing? Like, am I spending my time in fellowship with the Lord? Am I spending my time... Scrolling on Instagram, like one of the greatest and worst things that they've added to the iPhone now is the screen time thing. You know, like, like you don't tell me that you're hungry for God when you spent seven hours today scrolling through Instagram. Right. Right. Now, I'm not saying you can't spend, you know, 20 minutes on Instagram or something like that. You know, but when you're spending seven hours a day scrolling through social media. Basically, that's the equivalent of of. You know, dinner's coming up. You're getting ready to have a well-rounded meal to satisfy you, and you're just eat, and you eat a full bag of potato chips. And then when the meal is presented to you, you're like, "I'm not hungry for this." Right? Mm-hmm. That's why. Why do people show up to church on a Sunday morning and they're just there? They're not engaging. They're not worshiping. They're just there, irritated, frustrated, wondering why things aren't working out for them. It's because they spent the whole week. Filling up on spiritual junk food. Right? You gotta get it out. Yeah, and you gotta get you gotta eliminate that stuff. Right? Like that's literally what the issue Sunday morning is. is yeah. Before God can get any of his goodness in you, he's gotta purge all that stuff out of you. Yeah. Like that that's what's happening is God is cleansing you, cleansing us mm. 
anyway, I don't need to get into church mechanics. Like, you can get into physical mechanics. I mean, like, I, that's it's where like, I was going. Like the spiritual laxative. It's you know? true. So a lot of people are spiritually constipated. They just need to get it out. Yeah. Get, get all that junk out so that they, well, yeah. It's true. Yeah, you know, like we need to, to get ourselves in the place where we kind of basically detox ourselves from worldliness. Because, you know, yeah. like what, like the mornings that I come to church just feeling funky are usually the moments that I've spent the mornings thinking about how funky I feel, you know, how, or, or like, think, again, what am I thinking on? That's, I'm feasting as I'm thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, as I'm speaking, I, I'm really putting that inside. That's actually really a result of what's come, of what I've been putting inside of me is what's coming out of me, right? So if praise isn't producing out of my lips, it's because I haven't been feasting on, on him. I haven't been hungering after him if it's not producing in me praise, Right. Uh, in, in the Reset series, Pastor talks about, you know, the fruit of fel- true fellowship with God. When I'm hungering after Him and just being in fellowship with Him and, and in Him, the, 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 the fruit and the results of that is I'm in His presence. You know, I'm in His presence. His presence walks with me. And then, um, and then but, well, and then, but the third one is I proclaim, right? It just comes out of me. I can't keep it inside of me. Like again, Jeremiah, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't not praise. Yeah. I cannot produce, I can't not produce praise when I'm in fellowship and relationship with him. When I'm hungering after him, I can't not praise. It, it just comes out of me. A man speaks what his heart is full of. So yeah. if I'm full of junk, I'm going to speak junk. Or I'm just not going to speak, right? I'm just not going to, why, why do you want me to praise? You know, like, why do I have to do that? Because if when you make the because decision, because His, yeah, yeah. When I make, if I'm hungry for God, even when I don't feel like it, I'm gonna commit my works. Like basically, what am I doing when I'm putting on Thanksgiving? When I don't feel like putting on Thanksgiving, that's my laxative. You know, that's purging all the crap out of me. Literally, you know, it's purging all the the ungodliness, all the bad thoughts, all the. The, the, the junk that I've put in myself, I'm washing that out in my thanksgiving and I'm entering into his presence so that his fire can come and so that I can enter in in a way that I'm supposed to enter into. You know, that's me making the decision when I don't feel like eating the salad, I'm going to eat the salad anyway. My flesh doesn't want to eat the salad, but I'm going to do it anyway. Or I can just yield to my flesh and then feel miserable and then wonder why are things not working out for me? That's like someone who drinks Mountain Dew eats nothing but Doritos and Mountain Dew and wonders why they have headaches all the time. You're dehydrated, boss. You know, like you're not, you're not giving your body the things that it needs, right? So you can say, God, I want you to heal me all I want. But when you're not, when you're not actually doing the things that you're supposed, bodily discipline, profit, there's profit to it, right? There is profit to it, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Yeah, Skylar said boss. I don't, I'd never say boss, but you know, whatever. Maybe that was for somebody. But like, but godliness is profitable unto all things. But, you know, but, but the reality is this. Am I willing to discipline myself when my flesh doesn't want to praise, when my flesh just wants to sit there and let it go by? Am I willing to say, no, shut up, flesh. I'm going to commit my works. Yeah. I'm going to commit my works every Sunday, even if it's five Sundays in a row and I don't feel like it. I'm going to commit my works anyway. What am I doing? I'm developing an appetite for the things of God. Then all of a sudden it'll break. Yeah. Don't grow weary in well-doing. At the right moment, you will reap that harvest of blessing. Just don't give up. 
You will reap. Don't give up. Continue to commit your works, and then your thoughts will be established. Just put on praise when your flesh doesn't feel like it. Do it, and you'll be. And then, and then you'll start to get yourself in the position where, where now, like you. Let's say you you've developed that habit of just getting into a funk. But no, I'm going to put on praise. Then the next time that ha- your your flesh tries to get into that habit of getting into a funk, it won't take as long as you commit yourself to it. Then, then you'll find yourself a year down the road of just committing your works. Like from the beginning, you might, it might be frustrating because you might feel like, man, I should have gotten over this by now. You know, like what used to take you a month to get over now takes you two days to get over. I'd call that a win. You know, well, what, are you do- what are you doing? You're starting to retrain yourself. You're starting to, to change your appetite to hunger after the things of God. So don't get discouraged when it took you two days to get out of that funk. You got out of it, right? Yeah. Just keep committing yourself to it because then you'll get to a point where it won't take you two minutes. Here's what, and hear what I'm saying. I'm not, what I'm about to say is not harsh, but the flesh can feel that way. If your flesh doesn't want to praise, and here's the thing, your flesh is never going to want to praise, but if your flesh is so loud that it's drowning out your spirit, get saved again. Like, I, the Lord had me say that a couple weeks ago in prayer, and as soon as I said it, I texted Pastor Nicole, I'm like, just so you know, I said this to all your people. So, Pastor, as you're watching, I just said this to all your people. But truly, get saved again. And what I'm saying in this is, what is Jesus? Jesus is your deliverer. He is your healer. Yeah. He is your provider. Yeah. He is your savior. What is he your savior from? Anything you need to be saved from, Jesus is your Savior. It was not just a saving from hell. Jesus has saved you from yourself. Like Jesus has saved you from your flesh. He saved you from that moment of your flesh being loud. So if you're in that place where the flesh just won't shut up, Cry out to him and ask him, Jesus, save me from my flesh's thoughts right now. Save me from this emotion. Save me from this attitude. I need your saving power because I don't know what else to do. Don't like, yes, do the things buddy just told you to, but draw on his strength first. Let him be your savior. Let him save you in that moment. And here's the thing. When he saves you because it's not an if. It's going to happen. Then that should immediately lead you into that place of praise because you realize it's not by your power nor by your strength. It's by the Spirit of God that just set you free. And that's really, and maybe we'll get into this tomorrow because we're already almost at two. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing. How do you get hungry? Remove yourself from the equation Remove the options. (laughs) Let Jesus be the only option that's available. Like I had a friend that used to, like back in the day, who asked me, why do you, you know, Barrett, why do you think people in foreign countries get healed so much easier than in America? And her answer to me was, they don't have the option of an Advil. Yeah. They don't have the option of medical care the way yeah. that we do. They have no other option except to cry out to Jehovah. That is the option that's available to yeah. them. If they don't have Jesus, they die. Yeah. 
Like that, that's truly what happens. If mm-hmm. God doesn't come through, I'm not going to make it. And yeah. because we have all these other options of satisfying things, we found satisfaction in something other than him. You know, why does it take all night in order to have a prayer service? Because typically the first hour, people are getting over their flesh. Yeah. It takes an hour to shut it up and to accomplish something. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. We have to get to the end of ourselves. You know, it, like it makes me, I've thought of this the whole time. Dr. Richard Moore and Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, like Dr. Richard Moore gave up everything in his life to follow like Dr. Rodney through the country to be with him as he ministered. And at the end of the year, like he watched as Dr. Rodney operated in the anointing and he went to Dr. Rodney and he's like, I'm not seeing it in my life. What, what do I need to do? And Dr. Rodney's like, get hungry. Yeah. And Dr. Richard's like, are you kidding me? What, what, what have I not done? But there was a point of himself he had to get over. Yeah. We have to remove ourselves from the equation. Yeah. I am not, put this in the comments, I am not anointed to take care of myself. Yeah. I'm anointed to serve the king. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not anointed to take care of myself. I'm anointed to serve the king. And it's Jesus who was anointed to be your caregiver. He gives you himself. He gives you his life. He gives you all that he is. We don't need to take care of ourselves. He does that for us. And when we remove ourselves, when we remove anything else from the equation, hunger becomes really simple. It's really simple to get hungry for a cucumber when that's all that's in front of you. It's really simple to eat healthy when the junk isn't there. If you'll remove the options and make Jesus the only option, your hunger is imminent. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what hunger means. Basically, like the words, like in here, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That word hunger is is like, I need this. I need righteousness. I need the Lord. I need God. And when I hunger and thirst in a desperation, like if I don't have you, I'm finished. That's what it is. You know, like when it goes up and says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Right. Basically, it's not saying like those who it's not saying like those who have no money. It's saying those who are in a position where they um, where they recognize if I don't have God, I'm finished. That's what you're talking about, yeah. that level of hunger that they have overseas, right? Like we have, like in all the options that we have, like, well, if God doesn't work out, then I'm going to go to a doctor, you know? And we have that in the back of our mind. We don't, we set up all these other options. We're not beating but, up doctors, but. No, no. Um, like, no, they're, they're, they're the, one of the primary reasons that the majority of the body of Christ is still alive. 100%. So praise God for doctors. But but the thing is, when when we are in a place where, where we're not at that point where we're like, if I don't have God, I'm finished. We're not hungry enough. For sure. You know, we're not hungry enough. And, um, but like, again, hunger. What happens when you don't feed your belly? It cries out. Yeah. <laughs> what's, it, what's, it, what's, what's like the translation of that? Feed me or I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, like, like, give me food or I'm going to die, right? Well, that's basically, like, that's again... Like fasting is such a great illustration. Food is such a great illustration for this. But when we get to a point where we're like, God, if I don't have you, I'm finished. I need you now. Yeah. I need you. Then, then, then that's when we're getting to that place of hunger. God, if I don't have you, I'm finished. I need you, God. That, like, that, that's how we should be crying out because 
according to, to, to Psalms, when the righteous cry, the Lord hears, and he delivers them from all their troubles. Amen. Right? But I cry out to him, God, I need you. Oh, I hear a hungry person. And then he answers and he delivers. Amen. And so what, what do you need? Well, seek him. All that will be supplied. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The, see, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Uh, hunger and thirst after righteousness. You shall be satisfied. Right? All these things are in there. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't desire the things. Just hunger after him. Man, everything will work out. Yeah. But hunger after him first. No other options, no other things. God, it's just you. I'm not going to put anything between my face and yours. I'm going to hunger after you first, and I will be satisfied. Amen. Amen. So are you hungry? What are you hungry for? Like, check yourself. Check yourself. God, what am I hungry for? Have I been hungry for, for you, Lord? Or if I if I'm, were to be honest, have I been hungry after the things of my flesh? Right? And I want you to genuinely check yourself. Um, and as you check yourself, hey, let's, let's make a change, right? Amen. Let's, let, let's work on those habits. Let's work. Like if the Lord brings something up, hey, you've been probably focusing on this a little too much. Let's cut it back a little bit. Just make those changes. God, in fellowship with God, not just in your own works, but in fellowship with God. God, how do you want me to handle this? What do you want me to do with this? He'll give you that wisdom and you'll move forward and you will be satisfied. And, and I'm honestly believing that as people make this mind shift change, as people make some of these habit, habitual changes, man, things will just start to unlock. And you'll be like, this is what was missing. Right? Amen. The hunger is what was missing. All of a sudden, the glory pours out in a whole new way in your life. The grace is suddenly available. Suddenly, when you pray, things begin to work because I, I, I've shifted my focus away from the results. And I've shifted my focus on Him. Amen. 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 So, so today we're going to pray. Yeah. We're going to ask the Lord to open yeah. our eyes, to show us anything yeah. that maybe has been pulling us out of that place yeah. of hunger. And here's what I'd ask for us to do together. Genuinely, today through the rest of the day, ask the Lord to just abide yeah. with you today. Because yeah. the more you're with him, the more you want him. Yeah. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask over every person on this broadcast and who will be watching this in the time to come, open all of our eyes to see the areas where we have not been hungry for you. And Lord, for every person who would apply their faith and just receive this for yourself, say this with me, Jesus, give me the strength of God strength. to walk in hunger, walk. to make the changes in order to be yours in every area of my life. Now, Lord, for every person who prayed that, I know that you hear faith and you move on it. So, Father, I ask for a quick manifestation off of these prayers today. Let goodness and mercy be our rear guard. Let your blood cover our people in the name of Jesus and let the fullness of your assignment on their lives come to pass as we choose to hunger after you in a new way today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Are you hungry for God? Did this bless you? Did this minister to you? Did, uh, 
Did this challenge you? <laughs> Honestly, if any of that, put some hands up in the comments. Put some fire in the comments. I I'm telling you, this is this just being here has kind of helped draw me up yeah. to, to to a different level. And I be I'm believing that you have just been brought up to to a different level. If you've made the choice, yes. I'm going to hunger after God. I would love to make a blanket statement. This drew you up to a new level, but but it's a choice. You can put it in the comments. Hunger is my choice. It yeah. is my choice to hunger after God. It's your choice. And hunger brings you to a decision point. You know, hunger brings you to a decision point. So I, and I'm believing that if you made that choice to hunger after God, you just got to a new level of hunger. Praise God. That's something to get excited Amen. about. Because that means you're going up. You're going higher. Now, go to the next level, right? Yeah. Tomorrow, go to the next level. Let God draw you to a greater level of hunger today. Amen. Amen. Amen.